0: Uh yeah. don't say I'm busy because I'm um, you I've been I'm busy too.
1: I've been in a nightmare.
0: You just can't do it like I do it. I can't do it like you do it. You are not a professional. You I am a professional. I am in fact a
1: professional. You need to get help. I just You're uh assistant. I just overbooked myself. I I set myself up for the impossible. And I did it. Did you? Well, I almost blew a deadline, but we. I mean, in fact, I would have blown a deadline if the artist wouldn't have stepped in and helped me letter the rest of the issue. <laughs> so yeah, it was really bad. Last week was really bad. This week was busy, but it wasn't like oh my god, I'm gonna die. Um, mm. Last week was terrible, though. Like I, I was losing my mind. Dude, I was freaking out. Random jags of like, just crying. <laughs> you know? It wasn't very good. Stop that. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. Definitely. Uh, so, how are you doing? Good. Oh, uh, welcome to week 883 of the Crankcast. I've had a few drinks, so it might be like old times. yeah tipsy crank Um, what you been up to
0: I'm I'm, I'm late on my book which one what's the one I work on like I only have one book the book I'm working on yes
1: oh that's okay I'm really late on it
0: too (laughs) Well, they're, they're asking me for it, so I have to do a lot of pages. I thought Rafer said it got pushed back.
1: It did get pushed back. Hmm. So you're late even beyond that. It's real fun. No. It's not, it's not a great feeling. It's not a good situation to be in. <laughs> um, You're a machine though, man. I have faith in you.
0: I don't want to be a machine. I'm a rusty old machine.
1: Well, yeah, you are kind of like a tin man before they put oil on him. I
0: put my Marty Sessions on hold. I'm sure he's very annoyed with me.
1: <laughs> I, I keep picturing him like that crusty old football coach. like.
0: No, he's not the, the opposite of that.
1: <laughs> Run laps, kid. Give me 30 prejudices.
0: No, he's not like that i have he's not really a guitar teacher.
1: I know we we've talked about this before. He's more like a life coachy kind of guy
0: chris Chris Bono is a guitar teacher. He's been giving me lessons. yeah, he's schooling you. Those are more difficult.
1: I think that's i'm I'm past the point where lessons are possible for me. Why? I just I don't think I can learn that way. Why? I don't know. Well, that's dumb. Like, if I would have done it a long time ago, that would have been different. It's real dumb what you're saying right now. But not-
0: You're recording it, and you're going to put it out on the internet, and everybody's going to know that you said something dumb.
1: Well, that wouldn't exactly be the first time, Mike. I said lots of dumb things. As have yep. you. <laughs> I, well, of course I do. <laughs> this the show is not known for its not dumbness. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I think I'm kind of, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm set my ways, you know? Like, if you take lessons early before... I, I don't know. I mean, there, I guess there's a, a things to be said pro and against taking them early. Because, like... If you don't take them early, you don't know what you're doing wrong, so you can actually come up with things to do that are cool, because nobody's telling you that you can't do that. Um, but at the same time, it's it's like any kind of instruction. If you take it early, then that becomes your kind of mode of thought, you know, and you can continue on with that. But, like, I've, I've never really had that kind of instruction in, in music, so I don't know that I would be able to do it correctly anymore. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm kind of stuck in the mode that I'm in. I say that, though, but then I have a whole thing where, like, uh, Neil Peart, like, in his later life, kind of stepped back and said, you know what? I'm not doing exactly what I want to do. So he, he hired a, a drum guru to teach him hmm. and, like, kind of reinvented himself as a drummer, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think he might have been older than I am now when he did that. I'm sure he was. Because this was like, I, I 15 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked for him. So I mean, maybe there is hope. Maybe I could take lessons. I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, I, I have problems with authority, Mike. <sighs> Have
0: you seen those REI commercials with David Spade on them? I have not. Where they have the guy, and he's sitting in his kitchen, and he's like, and you hear David Spade, and he's like, it's time to go running. And the guy's like, yeah, I'd like to, but I don't have my the right shoes. And he's like, you have these shoes from REI. And he's like, yeah, but... I did this, this, and he's like, this is also available at REI. And then the guy's like, well, I used to go running with my girlfriend, and she broke up with me. And he goes, oh, well, here's a canoe, and he drops a canoe on a guy. Okay. That's what I want to do to you right now.
1: Okay. You, you want to you be just, my David Spade? You sound like you're making up reasons not to do something. I'm just saying I'm not confident that I am I'm good lesson-taking material. Mm. You know, I mean, we got we got to recognize our inadequacies. I mean, if we're going to ever hope to uh, surmount them. To rise above, Mike. Rise above. Be better than we are. Mm. So, I don't know. Anyway. I broke a tremolo today. Doing what? Using it? <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I actually, I kind of do know what happened. It's a cheap tremolo part that I I bought because it was the cheapest one I could find in that color because I mm. wanted a black one, and it's for a like a Jazzmaster Jaguar type tremolo, the big plate, you know.
0: Yeah, you broke it,
1: and I was I was just using it, and all of a sudden, it, like the the bar sunk in. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it felt real loose, like it wouldn't stay where it was supposed to. Oh, wait, does Master Tremolos do that, though, don't they? Well, this was weird. Like I said, it, it, it was sticking fine, and then it got real loose. And I'm like, so I pushed it in a little more, because they're, like, friction-based. They're not, like, screw-ins, like a... Yeah. Like a regular uh, Fender Tremolo or something. They're just, like, friction-based. You push them in. So I tried pushing it in a little more, and all of a sudden the whole assembly just popped into the cavity. Like the, the little Tremolo part that sticks out of the plate. And, um... And I'm like, "What the hell?" But I could still use it. It was just popped in real far, so I tried pulling it back out, and then I heard something snap, and then the whole thing just kind of went loosey-goosey. So yeah, I broke the tremolo. It, is it an actual Jazzmaster? No, this was on that um, that knockoff Mustang that had a weird setup that had a Jazzmaster tremolo on it. Mm. The one I I like replaced all the parts, all the chrome parts with black, and then tinted the uh, Picard orange. So, I mean, I've still got the original, the original tremolo system that came with it. So I'm hoping I can get it apart and and just uh, bolt the undersides from the original one into the black plate, so I can keep the black plate. Because that's that's kind of the point of this thing. I want this to be like a, a blackout guitar kind of thing. Well, not blackout because that would be all black. But I, I like the black against the lighter colors, you know. And um, especially like since I've got that orange in there and whatnot. But yeah, so I, I was I was a little disappointed. I, I broke a tra- that's the first time I've ever broken a tremolo. <laughs> it's really weird, man. <laughs> you know. Fortunately, it wasn't on a super expensive guitar. So.
0: Well, you said it was like a cheapo thing,
1: right? Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it, it was an inexpensive guitar to begin with, and then the aftermarket part I put on it was inexpensive.
0: So. Mm-hmm.
1: You kind of get what you pay for sometimes with that stuff. I, I've yeah. had a lot of luck with cheaper aftermarket parts. I mean, this is the first time I've physically ever broken one of them. So, but I mean, those are those weirdo tremolos anyway, where they got that big ass like bushing spring on the inside, like on the underside of the plate, mm-hmm. and they they've got that thing where you know they they've got like a like a Les Paul style bridge that they that the strings go over. So you got this crazy brake angle, and it goes just down to that bridge and just that back part floats not the whole bridge
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they're, they're kind of weird anyway like I like them when they're set up good and I had this set up good but yeah I don't know man I gotta fix it that's all fix it or replace it I mean it's it's not life or death so in the grand scheme of things and if it cost me a little money it cost me a little money I can't take it with me I'm gonna be dead soon anyway that was a lot right there what you were just doing. Soon enough. I mean, I don't think I'm going to die tomorrow or anything, but, like, you know. I decided, what's the point of making money if I don't actually get something out of it, right? I mean, this that, that is one thing this crazy brain-bending schedule put me into. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to ask myself several times, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know? Like, seriously, why am I doing this? And, and my first thought, so I can pay my mortgage. You know? And, my bills. And that's cool, but there's got to be more in life than just surviving. So, yeah, you know, I figure, well, stop. I mean, that's why I bought that Rickenbacker. I mean, that's. I think that's where my headspace was when I bought it.
0: Why are you not playing that and you're playing some cheap-ass jazz monster?
1: Because it's downstairs and I was upstairs and I just needed a a mental break. I needed to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I picked it up. I have played it a little more. Um, I have thoughts, but I'm not sure they're concrete. Yet.
0: <laughs>
1: like, again, I'm going to restate what I think I said last time: is that it's a well-made instrument. It's fine, you know. You don't like it. I'm. I, I don't know that I don't like it. And that's that kind of. That's the weird thing, you know what I'm saying? I and I'm trying to separate this thing in my head of wanting something since I was 12 years old. Mhm, and building it up in my head, and then finally getting it. Mhm. So I don't. I'm. It, I, I'm pretty sure I need to lower the action a bit. Okay. And that's that's a minor thing. I know how to do that. That's fine. I can I can adjust the in, action and the intonation. Um, I don't even have to like take that to somebody. You know. And it sounds like it's weird because even unplugged, and I'm guessing this is because like. On the four thousand three bases, it's it's all maple, um, except for the fretboard. It's rosewood, but like the neck and the body are all like hard maple. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm gonna guess they they don't say what strings they ship with, but I'm gonna guess they roto sounds by the way they feel. Because I've had roto sounds in the past, and they've got this really really rough texture to them. Like they can tear the shit out of your fingers really easy. Um. So I'm gonna guess the roto sound probably Rotosound sound steals. Uh, so even unplugged, it kind of it sounds like a Rickenbacker. It's like sure? it's weird to say like like my uh, my friend Brian stopped by and and he was playing it and he's like he was like even unplugged it sounds a little bit like it has a growl to it <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And he's right, it it does. It's it's and I just I gotta assume that's from the construction. I don't know. Um. So, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely got the sound, and it plays good now, but I think it would play better if I drop the action a little bit, or drop the, you know, saddle height. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of sits weird. Yeah? Like, even in my, because of the way it's, you know, the curve is on it, like, even sitting with it in my lap, if I sit just normally... Uh, my hand wants to fall right at the end of the fretboard instead of over the pickup, um, and that gets a little more pronounced when I've got it up on a strap. It kind of wants to swing. It's kind of like um like Les Pauls do a little bit, where it wants to swing kind of past your waist a little bit. Hmm. Um. So you know, again, my hand wants, to, it, but the weird thing is, is that's fine because a lot of times I play right at the end of the fretboard anyway because I. I like to get that little bit of attack from hitting that top fret. Um, it's just strange because I don't have another bass that does that. Exactly, mm. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I have another bass that does that. Um, it's also kind of cool because that means your your fretboard arm isn't so far stretched out either. Like when I'm playing a, a jazz bass or something, you know, I, I've got to like extend my fretboard arm or my left arm and have it kind of out there, you know? This, I'm kind of like, it keeps everything sort of in front of me instead of stretched out. Mm-hmm. Um, one weird... This is just a... a this is going to be sounding like a weird complaint. <laughs> hmm But for me, I'm like, look, I spent $2,300 on this thing, you know, with shipping. Um, the screws over the treble pickup or that hold the treble pickup down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two adjustment screws. They're super rough. Like, they, like they're like they chewed up or something. I
0: mean, it's used, right?
1: No, no, this is brand new. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's oh, a brand new 2022. I don't know. Sometimes you get... And, yeah, I mean... It's, it's not going to be perfect. But for, like, that kind of money... Like, sure. You know, it's like, are, really, you're gonna give me like roughed up screws that kind of like scratch my hand when I pick over that p- pickup. You know, That's just, it's just kind of weird. How your hand touches the pickup? Um. Well, generally speaking, like I'm resting my thumb or something. Up. Like if I'm if I'm um, picking back by there, my thumb's gonna probably be sitting right around, like on the top of that pickup somewhere. Or sometimes I, you know, most of the time I rest my thumb on the low string. But like if I'm playing the low string, then it's my thumb goes up to the pickup. You know, hmm. that's just the way I've always played. A lot of people do that though. Like they'll rest their thumbs on the pickup. But it, yeah. I mean that doesn't so matter. Every- picture of the screws getting you. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I believe. <laughs> I, I mean, you'd have to look at the once you take the saddle, the the big saddle thing off off the top. Um. Then you know, right where you rest your thumb, pretty much is like where that screw is, and those screws feel like they're chewed up, like the th- not the threads, but the the top part where you stick the screwdriver into. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just, I mean, I, I can take the whole thing apart again and file those down and make them smooth, but I'm like, dude, I paid a lot of money for this.
0: <laughs> you can't complain about it
1: now. I mean, no, I mean, it's already there and done, but you know, um, it did have one little ding in the the wood. Uh, right down by the the output jack. But it looked like it was a ding in the wood before they painted it, because the paint wasn't messed up. So I'm like, eh, I'm, not a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. But again, for a guitar that costs that much? <laughs> like you know?
0: Yeah, but also, if you ever sell it, you're going to get it that much back, too. I don't know,
1: it's got a ding and rough screws. Am I going to get that much back?
0: No, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you just want to... You want to
1: argue about (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out, like I said, like, this was my dream guitar, man. (laughs) And now I've got one. And I'm not sure I'm happy about it. (laughs) I'm not actually sure I'm unhappy about it either. It's just weird. I don't know, man. I will say, again, and I think I said this before, like, if I did not really want one, having had one now... I wouldn't pay that much for it. Right. Yeah. And I won't. I mean, I still got something in the back of my head that says I want one of those old, like, the reverse ones that are white with the black binding. Just because I think they look cool. Um, but I probably would never buy another one. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't need another one, but I would probably never buy another one, you know? Unless money just was no longer an issue for me. Um, I look forward to recording with it though because it does have that sound and it's the sound I like so I'll probably feel better once I actually start working with it more I just haven't had a lot of time I've I've maybe played the thing for a total of an hour since I've got it you know
0: I've I've mentioned this before you know how the expensive guitars I've got I've I've purchased. Sometimes don't feel as great as a cheaper one. Yeah, but I do find myself playing that strat
1: more than the rest of them. Is it because of the sound or the feel, or like
0: it's just a nice playing guitar? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, you I know, I just got used to it. That could be a thing too. And it's weird because, like, okay, so you want your action to be good enough that it's comfortably playable, right? Mm-hmm. But have you ever played an instrument that, where the action's just too good? <laughs> like, like, it doesn't buzz or anything. It's not low enough to where anything's buzzing. It's not
0: too good. It's just right.
1: Um, I, but, like, my, my Fender Aerodyne bass, which is, a like, a PJ setup, mm-hmm. the person I bought that from had the action set up super low. And it's um, nothing buzzes or anything, and it plays, and it's really fast. Like you can, you can do some quick runs on it. But some of the stuff in my technique doesn't work on it because there's not enough clearance between the string and the fretboard. <laughs> uh, some of the, just the, the hammer on stuff and the the some when I'm when I'm playing with two hands on the fretboard sometimes. Um, I. It, I can make noise, but it's not it doesn't have the, the same sound as like one of my other bases that's set up with the action a little bit higher. Because I don't have enough clearance between that string and the fretboard to kind of you know punch it hard enough. If you can visualize what I'm saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like if if I was picking and just doing really quick runs of stuff, like trying to be like like the Ingve of bass or something.
0: The Billy Sheet.
1: Was he a picker? no I mean he he's a two-handed tapper that's true and he even did like scallop stuff too like Ingve did scallop the fretboard but yeah so you know if I if I was trying to do real quick runs of stuff like that it, and I was picking it would probably be ideal I guess but for like my style of playing it's too good so that's that's like always and I, I haven't gotten around to like readjusting it yet so I, I haven't been playing that one much either but, um, it's just weird, you know, because, I mean, there's, it's all about how you like it set up. It's not really like there's a particularly correct way.
0: There are guidelines, but of course it's...
1: Right. I mean, like, you don't want it an inch away from the fretboard what? or something. I mean, I guess unless you're playing slide. If you're playing slide, you might want want it an inch away from the fretboard. But, yeah. I like guitars, man. Guitars are cool. And they're pretty. They are pretty. Yep. Uh, how's things at the studio been? Alright. I mean everybody doing okay? Good health?
0: Uh seems to be. I mean I'm probably the one in the worst health.
1: Have you had any more fainting attacks? No. Good.
0: They, I mean I mean have I even talked to you since I went to the doctor? No, you.
1: I'm trying to Last time we talked, you told me about it, but you haven't been to the doctor yet. You left the ER before they could see you.
0: Yeah, he thinks that it's. Uh, it turns out I've lost like 20 pounds since April. Wow. And he thinks that it was like my blood pressure medication. Maybe it made my. My. Uh, my. You know, just bottomed out when I got up. But, you know. He took we he took me off my blood pressure medication and I've been getting headaches so I think and I got a, a blood pressure thing to take it at home and it's been pretty high without the medication so I don't know what it is.
1: Hmm. Maybe they just
0: need and today today uh, I noticed it when I got up off the couch I felt a little dizzy so I'm like hmm. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, I'm a little mindful of it, so I, I won't faint again. I'll just get up slower. But you know, we'll see. In October, we'll check in on things. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, we're getting old, man.
0: Oh, I know it.
1: But what are you can do about it? I had a nice lady at the grocery store tell me I, I wore my age well today.
0: I think you do, too.
1: It's all that good clean living. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it either. If I could lose a little more weight, I might look you know even ten years younger.
0: <laughs> I don't look younger because of the weight loss.
1: Are you starting to look like uh, John Rhys-Davies when you lost a lot of weight?
0: uh i well i have noticed because i'm older now that i'm i'm, I'm starting to look like i'm sagging yeah. I'm looking, uh,
1: that's a that's a that's a thing i mean <laughs> yeah. i um i finally like it's weird okay so because I was in such a bad mental state, I just I stopped shaving. I think I mentioned that last time we talked. I, I was looking pretty bushy and stuff. And it didn't help, like, you know, wearing the bandanas, so I looked like some crazy biker wizard or something. Um Thou shall not gas. You yeah, or whatever. What? I, I don't know, man. Um anyway, my point is though is I finally got around to shaving yesterday. Because I had a minute. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of feeling like my face has like cobwebs on it all the time. And um then I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? My brain had gotten so accustomed to seeing me with a beard that I didn't like I looked we- I looked weird without it, you know? Did you cry? Well that's that's just been happening randomly anyway. So yeah. Um so I don't think I actually cried at that point. I just sort of went, huh, I'm kind of weird looking.
0: Well, you are kind of weird looking. That's
1: true. And then I said, hey, it's your boy. Why? I don't know. Because my brain ain't been working, right? Um. Anyway, though, things are smoothing out. Like I said, this week was just busy. It wasn't like... Uh, critically busy <laughs> or anything. And the rest of the month, I mean, I'm, I'm still digging myself out of stuff and because, you know, comics are comics, there's still stuff that I was supposed to get this week that's running late so it's going to push into the next week's schedule. Um, but, I mean, things are looking better now than they were like a week or two ago. I wasn't sure I was going to make it, man. <laughs> you know? You're not... Maybe not, man.
0: I mean, no. I've, I've 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 set things up for you to fail.
1: Uh, no one gets out of here alive.
0: Yeah. I've I've decided to work against you.
1: So it's what Friday? What? How <laughs> dare you? How dare you imply
0: that I am anything but uh, nice and grateful to you? Uh, How dare you? How dare you?
1: Dare? I don't dare. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. I've been reading these uh, sort yeah. of Truth books by Terry Goodkind. Sort of Truth? Yeah, they were... Remember I told you a little while ago I was watching that, that Legend of the Seeker TV show again? That was the one that was uh, like a Ramey and Tappert thing back in... <laughs> uh, yes. 2009, 2010, something like that, 2008.
0: Oh my god, yes, I understand what
1: you're saying. Okay, well, you weren't really being responsive, so I I didn't know. Anyway, I decided to read the books, because there's like a billion of them. Um, First one came out in like 94. I thought thought that's why you liked the show. No, I think maybe at some point I had read the first one in the 90s, but I didn't really remember it. I just watched a show because it was a Rami and Tapper show, and, and it was like a fantasy thing. Um, and it turned out I mean it's a decent example of that kind of television stuff but I I was curious just to see what was different between because you know they always change stuff whenever they're adapting it to a movie or TV show or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and I had gotten done reading a bunch of other stuff so I was like well what the hell I'll read these and the TV show was I'm going to say it was 110% less rapey than the books (laughs) Maybe 120%, actually. Oh, my God. Uh, so far in every book, there has been at least a threat of rape. Yeah. Most of the books... No, I'm going to say in every book, somebody gets raped. Oof. <laughs> somebody gets raped or tortured. Sometimes both. Mm. Um, and I, I get it. I, I'm going to assume that for the writer, that's like the worst thing you can do to somebody. Because it's, it's the bad guys doing it. And the bad guys are like really bad and, and the writer wants you to know they're really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like excessive though, you know? Mm-hmm. And so granted, I mean, you know we're off the bat, they're they're gonna take that out of the show, Because right? <laughs> in two thousand eight or nine or whatever that was for regular broadcast television, that, that wasn't gonna fly. <laughs> so um The other thing, I mean, there's typical stuff where they, like, combine characters, I guess, to save on time-telling stuff, or to save on paying different actors for stuff. And So that's kind of interesting to see how they did that. I'm just now, I'm in, like, the sixth book, and in the two seasons that the show lasted, they kind of mishmashed stuff. Or, I guess, cherry-picked from different books, like plot elements and stuff. So there's something that's just now happening in the sixth book that was in, like, the end of the first season or the beginning of the... beginning or middle of the second season, something like that. Um, And it's just, it's sort of interesting to see how this stuff's constructed, really. Um, One thing about the books that I think is weird is that it starts off as pretty much a standard, you know, a sword and sorcery kind of thing. Wizards and, and noble goals and, you know, Killing the bad guy, kind of stuff. Um, by like the fourth or fifth book, they kind of abandon the main characters for part of the book and just go into this like really in-depth political thing about like the politics of a particular kingdom. I'm mm. like, what? Why? <laughs> you know, I'm reading a fantasy book. Why am I? Why do I care about the politics of the kingdom? <laughs> <clears throat> and then in the sixth book it gets almost objectivist uh, like sort of i mean it, you can, i i see what what's happening here and it's hard for me to explain because like they're they're focusing on one character that's a bad guy, but that character grew up as being somebody that's super um i do I wanna say like super-takes-care-of-the-downtrodden-and-poor kind of person, like, is a caricature... It it turns into caricature, though. It's not, like, activist. You know?
0: Um, No, really. So you think there's some... political things going on?
1: It kind of seems like it, because, like, you know, they they take all the stuff that a normal, like, charity or charitable organization would do, or something like that, you know? And then they, they push it to an extreme to where, like, in this universe, like, basically they want to just infantilize everybody and you know um, basically like destroy them by kind, with kindness or whatever <laughs> and then the main character who up to this point has been fighting for truth justice in, in the the haran way or whatever um, like suddenly he loses his faith in people because they have a vote against him and he loses his faith in people and says well just nobody knows they, they don't want freedom you know they, they can't take care of themselves just, I'm going to leave them to themselves. <laughs> he gets all disheartened about it. And he starts going on this thing about where, you know, like individual individual, how individual responsibility for liberty and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, man, this book's getting really weird for being just a fantasy book. Interesting. Uh, and then I, after after I started getting these kind of twinges and stuff, I looked it up, and apparently that, that is a complaint about some of the the books in the series, is that he, he just starts diving into, like, objectivism as a thing, you know? I'm like, oh, man, I'm not really looking forward to this anymore. <laughs> that's the weird dick thing. Code. You got dit code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the weird thing about objectivism, because not everything they say is necessarily wrong. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> that That's the thing about...
0: Uh, all belief systems, isn't it? I right. Mean, there's always
1: something to latch on to. Like, and, and when I say wrong, I just mean distasteful to, to me, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure there is an absolute right and wrong when it comes to this stuff, but that's a whole different conversation. Mm. So, you know, with the followers of, of Rand. Followers. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd call them, because she. It, it's sort of like a, a, a Scientology. I mean, she basically made this crap up you know well she and, and a couple other people um and and to my mind having read some of her work and and some of the and looked at some of the actual um objectivist philosophy i i guess you call it it seems mostly just based in selfishness like pure selfishness like mm-hmm. i mean i they they float noble goals above it and again like some of the stuff they say isn't wrong it's just the basis of it is like, well, fuck you. Everybody's out for themselves, <laughs> you know? And that's totally disregarding the fact that, like, I don't know. Take the the character from The Fountainhead, the architect dude. Like, if he wasn't living in a society, if he was totally, like, out for himself, who the fuck would build the buildings he was designing anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, like, who would live in them? Who would work in them? Because, you know, I mean, according to him, he's the only person, like, only important person. Like... And I, I'm not really sure how you can have an organization organization of people who all think they're the only important person. And, well,
0: I, um, and
1: I mean, that's a pretty naive approach to this because I'm sure there's a lot of nuance I just haven't picked up on yet or anything from looking at, at what I, what reading I've done about it. You know, um, so I'm I'm kind of like using my na- naive views as a, a, a bludgeon instead of just actually discussing it. Um. But yeah, so I don't know, you know, it's just, it's, it's strange. (laughs) I, I, I gotta wonder though if the objectivists and the Satanists get along. Because they're not that far apart philosophically. Right. I mean, you know, do what thou wilt, right? I mean, that's kind of like the the core philosophy of that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I always wondered how that worked. Because how do you have a group of people who all think they're the most important person in the room... (laughs) <laughs> and like, how do they inter- how do they interact and work? Like, um. So yeah, I don't know. It's just the series, this sort of true series so far is kind of veering in the strange territory for a fantasy series, at least from what I'm accustomed to with it. It's almost like like the prequels in Star Wars, how they started getting really focused on politics. Mm-hmm. And and. The, to, i I mean in my opinion to the detriment of the story itself or what should have yeah. been the story you know I mean and I don't know I mean it worked more or less it worked in the um the expanse series I think cause I, I, but still for me the most boring parts of it were the politic parts or political parts yeah. so yeah I mean it'd be like Tolkien sitting down and devoting like an entire half of the book to the politics of the elves. He didn't. Well, no, he didn't really. I mean, he, he is, touched on politics is, and stuff, but
0: is that not what the Cimmerillion is?
1: Oh, I, I never read that. That's that's not part of it. Screw anything after the uh, the trilogy. You know, that's just that's all retconning at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I probably just offended some hardcore, like, Tolkien fans. Nobody listens to this. That's probably true. So we can say whatever we want.
0: Most people think that we canceled ourselves, our, our show, because we haven't been on in a while.
1: Really? You've heard this? I don't know. No. Oh, okay. No, it's just, it's been rough times, you know? Uh, Speaking of Tolkien, have you watched any of that Lord of the Rings TV show yet? No. They put the first... I I guess there's another one up tonight, but they put the first two up. And, um... I was kind of hesitant to watch it because I don't like prequels. Like, I never really even liked it when I would get into something that had prior issues or books or whatever in the series, and, and, like, I didn't even like reading the previous stuff when I would buy the... from, you know, wherever I started it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I'm... Beyond issue whatever the hell that was I first bought, 160-something of X-Men, I, I don't really know a lot of the past X-Men stuff beyond that because I just don't want to read it. <laughs> like, I want to see what happens next, not what happened before. I'm not really a history buff, I guess. Um... So I was on a fence about watching the, the Rings of Power, not because it's a prequel, but... I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a chance because it's far enough removed from the stuff like The Hobbit mm-hmm. that it might be just like watching another fantasy show and I've been watching fantasy stuff and reading fantasy stuff lately anyway. So, yeah, you know, and I give it a shot. It's, I think I kind of feel about it like I feel about the Rickenbacker base. Like, it's not bad. It seems pretty well made. It's got some actually engaging characters in it although a lot of them aren't. Um, I don't know that it's worth the money they spent on it, though. Yeah. Because they spent, like, a billion dollars on it or something like that, right? That's supposed to be the most expensive TV show ever made at this point. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure, like, like, when you sit down and watch it, I'm not sure you're getting that. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I, it's one of those things where I don't really have the adequate words for it. It's more of, like, a, am trying to express a feeling, you know, <laughs> like... If I didn't know how much I spent on it, I'd think it was an okay show.
0: Oh, so that affects
1: how you think of it? Well, I mean, it adds a new layer to it, because I'm like, instead of just going, oh, you know, this is all right, Uh, maybe I'll watch the next episode, um, I'm thinking, Jesus, they spent that much on this? (laughs) you know. Mm. So, yes, it's not actually a valid criticism of the show itself. Um but it does affect kind of like my overall thoughts about it I suppose hmm. um, but yeah like I said it, it's not terrible alright um, I haven't watched it like I said it is it is weird that it's another I one of those things no it says it's great it's another one of those things where you've got a lot of uh, moving parts to keep track of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you like that kind of thing, then you've got that going. Um, there are a bunch of characters, and so far there's like maybe three of them I actually like care about. Um, two of them are elves, and one of them's the proto-Hobbit person. Frodo Hobbit. Uh, yeah the the harfoots I can't remember what they call them Harfoot is correct okay so the harfoots which I mean I guess those are hobbits or hobbits to be I don't know like I said I, I actually haven't I've, I haven't read any of the additional material like in the tolkien verse so I, I don't know where they show up or how they fit into stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't really have a dog in this hunt. Yeah. I mean, I like those movies, but I don't really care.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I told you, like, after watching them again recently all in a, a big rush, they're kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, in a way. They're just so over the top. Like, I don't know. I mean, they're not bad. I still like the the original trilogy. The Hobbit... The Hobbit, I think, could have been trimmed down a whole lot. Yeah. But there's parts of it I really like. And I really you know, like Freeman. You know why you think that? Because it could have been. Yeah, I mean, it didn't need to be three, you know, two hour or something movies. Yeah. Um, that's just, I, that, that's questionable decision making, I think. But, I, don't know, I guess it paid a whole bunch of people's paychecks for a long time. So there's that. It's capitalism in action, man. Um, capitalized. <laughs> can you capitalize on this? Uh, let's see. What else is new? Have you watched anything good?
0: I mm, not really. I've been watching She-Hulk. I like it. Just like the comic book, it's real good. I've, I've been I seeing a couple of, seconds. I love the damn slot uh, when they brought it back and she, when they made her the lawyer kind of thing. Yeah, which is what this show's based on, and it's just like that. Cool. So I enjoy it.
1: How's it look to actually see her in action? Like,
0: I think she looked
1: great. Because that's one of those weird, you know. I mean. I mean, it looks like, you know... I mean, we've come leaps and bounds from the original Hulk TV show, right? Yeah, I mean... Where, where they just painted up Lou Ferrigno and had him wear green socks with loafers when he's walking around. Green loafers. But, um... It's like, sort of, we, we've touched on this before, like when we've talked about them trying to, uh... adapt superhero costumes to real motion and stuff like that. A lot of times it just looks weird. so I mean I was just wondering like how how she looks as being She-Hulk like
0: I mean it's computer generated sure it's not a guy in green loafers so
1: loafer loafer you remember that Swedish chef bit from the Muppets about making meatloaf no well he would go like okay so we're gonna make a -a meatloaf First, you take the meat and stuff it in the loafer, and he shove a bunch of meat into a shoe. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's the joke. That's, that's all there is to it, really. Okay, we're done. Now.
0: <laughs> so upset with you right now. Um, I watched X. Have you seen X? What's X? It's a horror movie by Ty West.
1: I don't think so. No,
0: I don't think so. Forget I he made. He's made some other things that everybody likes.
1: His name sounds familiar.
0: I mean, it's a very neat-looking movie, and I like the setting. And it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre homagey. Okay. <laughs> but it's almost too good in making you not like the villain of the piece. And now they're making a prequel about her. Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, not they didn't. They already made it. They made it when they made this movie, when they made X. And uh, it's coming out soon, and I'm just like, I don't ever want to see this character again. Why would I want to see a prequel
1: about her? And uh, Is the uh, prequel called W?
0: Prequel is called Pearl. Oh, okay
1: that's the name of the woman. Gotcha. So, yeah, I say screw prequels. I do not enjoy prequels. Just uh, continue on with the future. Don't look back to the past.
0: If Have you're... you seen The Beast Must Die?
1: That does not sound familiar.
0: It's, uh... Uh, You know it, the game Werewolf?
1: The game Werewolf?
0: Yeah, where you have a bunch of people and you have to guess who the werewolf is.
1: Oh, no, don't know anything about it.
0: That's what this movie is.
1: Oh, okay. That sounds like uh, there's another game like that where you just have to figure out who the murderer is.
0: Yeah, that's what it is.
1: Like a party game.
0: I'd always been afraid to watch it, because when I was a kid, the Art in the Box, the werewolf is like this dog, but it has human eyes, and it is very scary looking to me when I was a kid.
1: So this is an older movie.
0: It's from the 70s. What's it called? The Beast Must Die. I'm going to look it up. Got Peter Cushing in it.
1: Ah, oh, there it is. Oh. I have to subscribe to a Prime Video channel. Boo.
0: I saw it on Shutter.
1: Okay. Um, I looked I, so I because they came up in my list. I watched a couple of um, Amityville movies, a couple more Amityville movies. <laughs> so I knew they had like a dozen of them out. You know, between the late seventies and the nineties. The,
0: 90s. the samples of any horror franchise.
1: Well, after watching, okay, so I watched a recent one that had uh, what, what's her name, Bella Thorne. In it. Okay. And that was called um, I don't know who that is It was called Amityville The Awakening Okay, yeah And then uh, after that Amityville 3D popped up I couldn't remember if I'd ever seen that one or not So I went ahead and watched it And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one But that's okay because it had uh, Meg Ryan and uh, Oh, what's her name?
0: Amityville?
1: Yeah Meg Ryan's in an Amityville movie? She's in the third one, 3D
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. She's not, like, a main character, but she's in it. Hmm. Um, That's
0: where the thing, there's a thing in the basement.
1: Yeah, like a haunted well?
0: Yeah, he lives in, like, a pool of milk in the basement.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it's there. It's so. like
0: an old 50s alien mask.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. Um, so I watched those, and after that, I was like, I remembered you telling me about there being an Amityville in space. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked that up, and I was uh, like, Well, yeah, I mean. Well, I, I went and looked it up, and it's like brand new. It's it's Polonia. It's directed. brand new. It's the Polonia
0: Brothers. Yeah. You should never watch one of those movies. Oh, well, I figure it's probably terrible. <laughs> it it, it it's, it's the worst. You will not understand. The depths of the badness of one of those movies, you will you'll watch it and you're like, how does how does Mike do this? Why does he do this?
1: <laughs> Who told him he could? Who told him? Yeah, that. Why would you let him do that? Who gave these people money? Yeah. Um. um but then, okay, so I was looking that up and I'm like, well, geez, you know, how many, how many? But so I look it up and there's been like. 20 Amityville movies made in like the past three years. Yeah. Like an insane amount in a short time. Um, and I don't know that they're all actually part of the Amityville franchise. Some of them I could recognize because they would put the house like in the uh, the promo ad or, or the promo picture or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well that's got to be part of the franchise because it's got the house. But then, um, which, dipping back to Amityville 3D for a second, that must be out of canon because at the end of that movie they blow the house up mm. with requisite because it was in three D requisite pieces of it flying at you. You know, um, there's some goofy, goofy God. You, it, <laughs> I almost want to watch that movie in three D because there's some goofy, goofy stuff in there, dude. Like you know, flies. Flies play a big part in Amityville stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's these scenes of these creepy little monster flies with faces, like flying right at you on the screen. <laughs> oh lord! With these, but they're not like fly faces or weird faces. <laughs> not like Return of the Fly weird faces, or you know, Vincent Price in the Fly face. They're like just yeah. these weird, monstrous fly faces, <laughs> but they look terrible. <laughs> weird. Um, and it's like, man, were people just laughing in the theater when they saw this? <laughs> With their 3D glasses on?
0: Uh, which one? This is 3D? Yeah,
1: Amityville 3D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, The other weird thing about that movie was whatever lenses they were using at the time had this crazy they must have been really wide angle lenses for most of it. Because um, as I understand it this thing I'm going to talk about is more common in wide angle stuff. Um, but anything that wasn't dead center, as you would get off to the edge, would get weird, blurry, and then the colors would shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they were doing like a close shot, you wouldn't see it, but if they were doing like a, 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 you know, two person shot in a room or something like that, then the edges of it all would get weird and, and strange looking. And it's like. I don't think they did that on purpose. I don't know why they did it. It doesn't make any sense, because most people try to avoid that. <laughs> like, So that was pretty weird, too. Oh, Lori Laughlin, I think, was the other odd person to be in that movie. Lori Laughlin. Did she go to jail? I don't know. Did she? I don't I think, know if she did or not. I think she may have. I think that's the name I'm thinking of, right? Lori Laughlin? Dark Hair...
0: Yeah, but she was on, um. She was on, uh. Full House.
1: Full House, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's her. Uh huh. Uh, so she was in this alongside Meg Ryan. Um. Weirdly, Amityville 3D is bad enough that it's actually kind of entertaining to watch. It's not just boring, you know? So, yeah, that's something. And that uh that Amneyville it's not a I guess it's not a reboot but the the one that I was talking about with the Bella Thorne in it, uh The Awakening. That had an interesting part of the plot where they actually so it's set in our real universe. What do you mean? Well, they actually acknowledge the book in the movies in this movie. Oh, okay. Um because at one point they, they she's trying to figure out her mom moves her into this house, doesn't tell her anything about it. She goes to school. Everybody in town knows the, you know, about the story of the, the house. And so she finds out about it. And she's trying to figure out what's going on because there's weird shit happening. Uh, she makes friends with these two kids in school. And one guy's like an Amityville aficionado, I guess. And he convinces her to watch the movie with him. So at one point in this movie, they're watching the original movie. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. So I, I thought that was actually kind of cool, though. It's a, it's a good way to... I mean, th- there's no saving this franchise I don't, I don't know how you could save this franchise, um, but if you are going to tell a story, at least like try to take a novel approach to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, New Nightmare, I think it was, mm-hmm. where they're they're playing themselves, and mm-hmm. Freddy's a, a Earth Spirit demon thing.
0: He's a demon, yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't they try to work some sort of like American Indian mysticism into it or something, though.
0: Uh, like he's, he's a Manitou
1: or something. Like uh, I don't know, but it could be. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of reminded me of that because I mean, for the the Friday or, or sorry, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, that was a good way to uh make a new story on a franchise that was pretty dead and fucked up at that point. Because mm-hmm. they had done beyond what they could do, and they were just rehashing just crap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that was the point of it,
1: right? Yeah, so you know, by doing what they did there, it was a nice new take on it, fresh take on it. And that, so, yeah, this Amityville actually reminded me of that. It wasn't too bad either, really. I mean, for being a modern movie, modern movie version of an old franchise, I guess. You know? It was loads better than that uh, RoboCop reboot. Yeah, it was just boring. That's a, they missed it's like they missed everything that was good about the original RoboCop yeah all the, the humor and the, the weird that, social commentary
0: It made me dislike Joel Kinnaman <laughs> but then uh, it took like I'm watching uh, For All Mankind now and it made me like him again
1: yeah and um I, I, I the only reason I even brought that up is because it's I, I've watched that recently as part of my just watching shit while I work. thing. Um, but I, I just... I remember not liking that when it came out, and then I watched it again, and I'm like, yeah, this is just not interesting at <laughs> all. Yeah. Um, watch some documentaries and stuff. I don't care. Oh, okay.
0: What did you watch a documentary of?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Mike.
0: I don't want to know... Tell me.
1: Okay. Uh, the first one I watched was called Making Waves, and it was about sound design in movies. It was pretty cool. It covered a, a very wide swath of, of different kinds of sound design, everything from scoring to foleying to, you know, ADR, or whatever that's called.
0: Is Danny Elfman in uh... it?
1: No, he wasn't. we sure. Then you don't care. Um, another one I watched was called Magic Trip, and it was all about the Ken Kesey's school bus. You know, school bus on LSD driving across the country. You see how I'm getting into Rugburn's territory there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was cool about the this documentary, this Magic Trip documentary, is that as you know, uh, when what's his name? No, it was Ken Kesey that wrote the book, wasn't it? Ooh. Mm-hmm. The. Electric? Yeah. Uh, No. Tom Wolfe wrote the book. Yes. Okay, so yeah, Ken Kesey was the guy that he was writing about. So, part of their thing, like, in this, I don't know what they were, a collective? Or something? Or just a group of people that hung out all the time? um, Taking acid and shit? They filmed stuff constantly on 8mm or whatever. And, um, so, a lot of those Film things, they were edited, but they were and put together like after they got done with this whole big bus trip. But for whatever reason, they were never able to get the sound in sync, from what I understand. So the movies were always kind of disjointed and weird, and it was like watching somebody's really bad, you know, trip to uh, Niagara Falls or something, like a home movie. Um. Uh, but with this documentary, they resynced the audio and, and restored the footage and used it as part of the narrative for the story that they were telling. And it looked really good. Like, it looked like somebody was intentionally making a good movie and not just shooting home movie footage. Mm. So, I was really impressed with that because they were able to just kind of interthread or intertwine this stuff with like more modern interviews with people who were on the trip and people who were associated with those people. And, um, it was kind of, a, it was an interesting documentary. I liked it. A lot of fun.
0: Fascinating, Captain.
1: Called Magic Trip. So, you know, if you ever want to know what it's like to, take LSD and drive a bus across the country then go do it and then listen to the Rugburns oh I miss the Rugburns I'm gonna listen to some Rugburns I should too I haven't listened to them in a long time um <clears throat> and then the last documentary I watched was it was called The Doors When You're Strange and that was made in 2010 and Johnny Depp narrates it hmm And it pretty much just reinforced something I thought for a long time anyway, and that's Jim Morrison was just a drug-addled dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No
0: shit, right? Yeah. So, like, he was just really famous for being a drug addict. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I I remember... It's even... I mean,
1: you could call... I mean, they're classic songs. Sure. Sure. But... And it's not that I dislike The Doors. Yeah. I dislike The cult of Jim Morrison. Yeah. Um, I remember reading poetry of his when I was a teenager, an impressionable teenager and thinking that it was ridiculously stupid
0: yeah, because it was and that's the thing, I think Jim Morrison has done more to make poetry look stupid than to elevate <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I don't know if he would have lived longer, I don't know what would have happened maybe he would have turned out to be great you know but I don't think Jim Morrison was great.
0: No, it, he, it's sad he, he
1: died when he was twenty-seven years old. Yes. Um. But and, and and it kind of looked like maybe he was starting to clean his act up when he died, which is kind of even sadder. But uh, the other thing I got from this documentary is that the Doors were extremely lucky. Mm-hmm. They had barely been a band and got signed. So they were kind of like, it was one of those things where they knew the right people and they were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And having said all that, it's not that I don't like the Doors. They've got some really great songs. Um. You know, and, and as a kid, I really, really liked them.
0: Would you say they
1: have some bangers? <laughs> They've got some bangers and some mashers. Oh. What? You don't like bangers and mash? They're not even British, Chris. What are you talking about? Yes, I know. Now I'm just going to continue to have a conversation with myself. No mic needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, it's it's still sort of an interesting documentary. Yeah. Because there's stuff in there I never really knew about because I, I guess I never really cared to look it up. But <clears throat> having it all presented to you in, in in a nice compact format like that was pretty good. I enjoyed it.
0: enjoyed it.
1: That gets uh, two doors up. No? Three doors down? Yeah, that's getting worse. Um, and just one other comment i got to make. If you've ever been possibly, I don't know, tempted to watch 13 Nights of Elvira, um, cause oh. you, you think maybe, oh, this is kind of like MST3K or something yeah don't okay it's terrible she okay most of the movies are are full moon movies and it which is fine you know um but when she actually does pop in to make a comment or something it's just annoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not funny it's not it it's just like i'd rather just be watching a movie right now (laughs) like do you really have to interrupt me can you go away now um, I mean, it's not even like uh, Svengulli funny, which yeah. Svengulli is, irre- how I want to say it, unevenly funny. Mm-hmm. But Elvira's 13 Nights of Elvira is not even that. It's just not good. And I, I don't, you know, I, I I don't want to bag on Cassandra Peterson or anything, but... Why would you do that? Maybe, uh, you know, maybe when she did this, it was past time for her to be doing something like that. Because she mm-hmm. wasn't very funny at it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. I know it's a hot take. That is a hot take. Yeah, it's so hot. It's a hot take, man. That is super hot. That is, uh, yeah, like blazing.
0: You're like, you're like Johnny. Bla- you're like Donny
1: Blaze. I who?
0: <laughs> a character in She-Hulk.
1: Oh, okay. Is he related to Johnny Blaze? No. <laughs> huh that's weird isn't it
0: yeah it is weird but that was the funny part <laughs> Donnie Blaze did he like and he would say Donnie Blaze
1: <laughs> did he like ride he's a motorcycle a or anything
0: no he's a magician oh okay Donnie Blaze Donnie
1: Blaze so uh yeah I don't know man right now I'm working on a I think it's it's Polish a Polish comic Sorry, an, an English translation of a Polish comic, and that's that's kind of fun. It's definitely it? uh, it's definitely aimed at younger readers. I'm gonna aim at you, but I, I you know I like the ones was now and then. I like to uh, you know stretch my my wings a little bit there.
0: I like to see what the kids are reading.
1: Well, not really. I mean, it's it's cute. It's a cute book. Reminds me of like you know. For whatever reason, it seems like a very 70s book to me. Like, I don't really know why. But it's cute. It's all watercolor and stuff. Very soothing art. All right. All right. I'm going to go to bed.
0: Hey, Sounds- do you want me to read emails?
1: Unless you want to say... I'm going to try to, to, to do it again this week on Wednesday. I mean, if you want to save them for that, if you're ready to go bed.
0: We'll save them if you're going to do it.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm looking like I'm okay from this point on. So We do have emails. Do we? Do mm-hmm. we have very many of them? We have three. Wow, that's, that's a glut for us. Glut. All right, then. Um, I don't know what was in stores this week. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, Mike, did you have anything? Uh,
0: may have or last week I don't know Saved by the Bell Rev came out what's what's that it's a DC comic I had a green arrow with Satori in it
1: oh cool well, alright um so yeah you can reach us at crankcast.com said crankcast uh, mike.com um
0: okay. I have new t-shirts up.
1: Mike has new T-shirts up. And you might like them. You might like them
0: because I have a Christmas Peace Day shirt.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. You took it international.
0: Well, I thought that's what you said. I thought you said it was international.
1: No, I said it was a movable feast.
0: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like how proud you are of the movable feast.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a very Catholic thing. <laughs> um. So, all right, yeah, go check out Mike's new t-shirts. I mean, the fact that Mike's actually making new t-shirts is you know, an event in and of itself. We yeah, we, yeah. we don't have a lot of follow-through here at the Crankcast.
0: Well, I just I don't know why I did it that day. I felt like I needed to. Maybe I'll do some other ones. What? Somebody already asked why
1: there's not a pork chop in every can. You did a design for that a long time ago, didn't you? I don't remember I thought there was some crazy what? drawing of a like a, a you know I did one of a Thor the that
0: was a long time ago, though.
1: I thought this was like a guy in a trucker hat and like a kind of like a whiskery face, and
0: no, I never did that,
1: I like, think <laughs> you had a dream, like holding a beer can and pork chop never can, yeah. no, I never did that, no,
0: and that's not what we say, is it we say pork chop never can,
1: oh. That's what you say. Yeah, that's right. I forgot.
0: Workshop never can. And, uh,
1: yeah. And then, you know, there's that whole argument we have about whether it's the grams or the, or the egg. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. The eggs. Catch you on the eggs.
1: Yeah. But now I can't remember which one of us said which. You, you, were, you
0: definitely say the ig.
1: Yeah, you were the gram.
0: Yeah, I don't say the ig.
1: <laughs> I say the egg.
0: Who are the egg?
1: Anyway. <clears throat> so uh yeah, we, we hope you're all well and uh we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye, nerds.